Okay, so we're going to do a deep dive into the internal monologue. We're going to continue our discussions on the internal monologue. Now, before I launch in, I wanted to say this. Every time I do a video on internal monologues, there's always somebody who comments, well, not everybody has an internal monologue. My response to that is, yes, they do. Every single person I've had a conversation with about this that has said to me, I don't have an internal monologue. When I work with them over time, they are able to identify the internal monologue. A person without an internal monologue would be a person who, in my opinion, has some sort of like brain damage. Um, that, and, and not even a negative, like a, not, it is not even a bad thing because to not have an internal monologue would mean that you were the most Zen motherfucker on the planet. Okay. Like most people have an internal monologue. It's just not one always vocal. It's not always an auditory hallucination. The reason why I call it a hallucination is because you're the only person who can hear it. Right. So it's a, if you, nobody else can hear this voice in your head, it's a hallucination. Right. But for some people, it's not always a voice. For some people, it is visual. Right. So they're sitting, minding their own business. And all of a sudden, these images just start popping into their head. And it's typically about something that they regret doing or not doing in the past or something that they're anxious about in the future. So unless you're just a completely Zen person who has zero anxiety and doesn't worry, worry being the operative word, doesn't have worry about the past, worry about the future, has no regrets. Right. Doesn't like overthink things, doesn't like analyze situations, doesn't have anxiety about something or any sort of like fear around the situation of what could happen, what did happen, what you want to happen, that doesn't have any hopes, right? False or otherwise for things that it, if that's if that's you, then bro, like bless up. That's amazing. That's an amazing existence. But every single person that I've met who has said, I don't have an internal monologue. I don't, what are you talking about? This voice in my head turns out typically 10 times out of 10, but obviously just in my experience, they do have an internal monologue. It's just, they have been so identified with it. It's either not visual. I'm sorry. It's either visual versus auditory. So they're just visual, um, internal, visual hallucinations or they're just so identified with this thing that there's no space behind it so it's just driving their actions right and so when i sit and i watch them i'm like okay you have no internal monologue then why are you feeling where's this anxiety coming from where's this fear coming from where's this jealousy coming from where are this what is triggering your anger right now what assumptions are you jumping to in this present moment that is causing you to react 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 in in this way so if you are reactive if you lose your temper, if you, you know, if things kind of bother you, if you feel anxious, that's still the internal monologue. It's just operating in a different way than just a voice in your head, right? And over time, you'll start to see how this thing sort of controls your behavior, but you need to give yourself space between it so that you can see it operate. But just because you don't hear right off the bat doesn't mean you don't have it. It just means that it's either visual or you're too close to it that you think it's you, right? Because we live in a society that we're programmed from birth that, okay, that voice in your head that you hear talking on these images, you're the one generating them, but you're not the one generating that. If you look at our society, that's why I think it's very important that we do have these discussions and I'm, I'm totally okay with revisiting these topics and almost doing like deep dives into it as I continue to learn and, and you know read and learn more and sharing this with you because 
I genuinely think that the internal monologue is what is responsible. And please bear in mind that from this point on, when I say internal monologue, I mean things like intrusive thoughts. I mean things like visual hallucinations that cause negative emotional stimuli or or negative emotional sort of reactions, right? Um, energy that sort of throws you off, right? That's what what I'm talking about. So I don't want to just have to keep repeat the same thing. But if you look around in our society, you think about the chaos, the disagreements, the anger, the war, um, the arguments, everything, like from people just leaving comments, that's their internal monologue that's driving them. So even down to sickness, heart disease and cancer, they're starting more and more doctors are starting to realize that there is a correlation between having been in a constant state of stress and cancer. This is, these are facts. So what they're learning is that there is, there is sort of a correlation. And I would go as far as to say that this is all tied to your internal monologue. Listen, if you have an internal monologue that you're so identified with, or you're not even aware of, or you haven't made yourself mindful too, that is like making you regret, making you angry, throwing you to the past, right? And it's keeping you in this constant state of fight and flight, this constant state of defense, right? That over time, consistently having cortisols and like all of these sort of like negative or negativity induced chemicals being released into your bloodstream that over long periods of time breaks down the body causes premature agings of your cell of your cells rather right causes sickness and causes a, a, a depletion and overwhelming of your immune system, which then weakens your immune system and then allows for tumors to grow unchecked without being checked by your immune system. It's all correlated. And this can also be tied to high blood pressure. And this can also be tied to heart disease, inflammation. It's all tied. So to me, I think that's the biggest thing that plagues our society for the most part, because I think that having this quiet monster in our head that we're not aware of, we're not actively trying to tackle. I think that if we can start tackling that, at least on an individual basis, that then coming to terms with and, and, and sort of breaking this thing down, right, will have it so that uh, when, as, when our minds are cohesive and not being dominated by these things, by these thoughts rather, um, that it should then reflect. If our minds are not in chaos, if our minds are not sort of polluted by negativity, then the, it should then reflect externally on the outside onto our world. So the reason why the world externally is the way it is, is because internally, this is what's going on with the collective. Okay, so that's why I think it's worth examining. And I plan on doing even more episodes of this in the future, because it's very important, right? So think about like, what causes depression, what causes anxiety, what causes suicide ideation. So a lot of the times it's people just sitting there and zoning out, listening to this thing. So I think that's very important that we start talking about this seriously. It's, it's amazing how many people that when I post videos about the internal monologue and I say how like sometimes like my, I catch myself just listening to this thing, bringing up shit from like 20 fucking days ago, or whatever. A lot of people seem surprised they're not the only ones that are going through this. Like, oh my God, I have the same thing happening to me. What is this thing? And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Because if more and more people become aware of it, because it, the way it operates is that it's, it, it, it functions and it's emboldened by you being aware, unaware of it. So let's, let's shine light to it. Let's talk about what this thing possibly could be. Now in this discussion, I'm going to avoid taking any hard, 
positions, right? So um, in the book, Cosmic Trigger by Robert Anton Wilson, he talks about not believing your own bullshit and <laughs> or not believing your own BS, which is not confining yourself into a BS, a belief system. So what I want to do with this episode is posit two different theories, maybe three as to what the internal monologue truly is. And then we figure out which it is, but without picking, just having our minds open to what would be the most probable explanation for the internal monologue. Okay. So first explanation I've actually discussed on this podcast. I've talked about two books in particular, The Untethered Soul and No Self, No Problem. Now, those two books basically say, for the most part, that the internal monologue is is actually just your left brain. It's your left brain is vocal. It is, you know, uh, constructed out of like social expectations. It's something that is tied to like our ancient um, ancestors and their fight and flight. And so, it's constantly looking out for ways to protect you. But as a result, that because we're now living in a, quote, civilized society, um, we don't have anything sort of to protect us against. But that thing has been finally developed and fine-tuned over time that it's almost like an alert system just going off that, like all the time. It's, it's like it needs to be reprogrammed because it is almost too alert for the type of life that we're living in, right? So that's one explanation. But it's an explanation. It's a theory. It's based on sort of materialism. I'm not saying it's wrong, but let's just put that to the side there. Another theory is that perhaps um, what the internal monologue is, is in fact a parasite, and so you hear of these sort of ideas in books like The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And another one um, would be the book. I got to hold on one second. The book is called Watiko. Make sure I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, and it was just introduced to me by a friend. Uh, and I appreciate you. You know who you are. Thank you, girl. Um, so that's another sort of idea that the human race, the collective has been infected by a parasite. And so that is what it's, is responsible for these negative thoughts and all of the chaos uh, that we see occurring in our world and all the suffering that this thing brings out. They, they liken it to a mind ver- um, parasite, something that is actually a, a, an infection of the psyche of the collective, of the human race. So I don't want to put my foot in any camp. I want to let's, let's sit and talk about these because at the end of the day, this is, becomes an exercise in free thinking because nobody really truly knows, at least I don't know, right? But until I do know, I'm okay with speculating and not pointing myself into or fixating on a particular um, camp so that I don't close my mind to other possibilities. And I will say this, that... This world, <laughs> the way it is, um, it almost seems like it shows you what you expect to see. It's very flexible in that way. So if you, ex- if you can keep your mind open to all possibilities, then you will be able to see all things, right? So it's important that we don't firmly you know, commit to one mindset. I think we can kind of maybe even blend the two while keep our minds open that there could be a third explanation. But what particularly is fascinating to me right now is the explanation of it being a parasite, um, specifically an interdimensional or extra dimensional parasitic race species, right? The reason why that resonates with me is because um, 
I don't know, maybe I grew up with watching too much sci-fi. Um, but it just, for me, the left brain explanation, while it, I get it, it's just, I have sat and I've meditated and I've listened. I've watched this internal monologue go off and it doesn't even sound like me. It's not my voice, right? So a lot of people have, have, requ- have, have requested, and I'm sorry, not requested, I've reported this same experience. And when they actually sit and listen to the internal monologue, it's not using their voice, right? That's if it's auditory, of course. It's not their voice. And two, I'm often at at odds with it. So if it's if it's really me, then why am I at odds with it? Why am I grappling with it? Why am I fighting with this thing, right? So if I set up a goal for myself, hey, we're going to brush our teeth, we're going to floss, and then we're going to go to bed. So that's my goal. And I'm going to try to do this within the next like 45 minutes, right? And we're going to be peaceful. We're going to be quiet. Let's just like brush our teeth. And then why all of a sudden, while I'm the one who consciously set these goals, here comes this thing, talking. Why are you talking? And it's bringing up shit that's starting to make me feel bad. So that's why while I appreciate books like The Untethered Soul and I appreciate books like No Self, No Problem because they have been very helpful, to me, I lean closer to it being something else. Now, whatever that something else is, we're going to play also in that category of the if it of it being a parasite or something else. We're gonna we're gonna kind of split that category into two different discussions, and we're gonna sort of examine those as well, analyze those um, topics as well. So it feels parasitic. It feels like there's something in the mind that wants you in a negative state. That's why I have a hard time accepting the left brain theory because why would I why would an why would an aspect of myself want to keep me in the state where I'm constantly in a negative state? And over time, if you stay in that state, you start to feel drained, depleted, and as we've said, over time you could actually make yourself sick. There's nothing else in your body that I can think of that literally actively works against you, right? That works against you to sort of break down your own self. Like imagine if like and if there is, then it's a disorder, right? So for example, if you have like an autoimmune disorder that, and your immune system starts attacking itself or attacking the body, that's a disorder. Something's not going on there. So if you're telling me that it's the function of the left brain is supposed to be to protect you and now it's just sort of going off or whatever, it was, but it was good for your ancestors to always kind of be alert and always sort of overreact to fucking everything because it aided their survival. These are stories at the end of the day. They're stories that we and archaeologists and you know psychologists even uh, come up with to kind of basically help us better understand the past, but they're stories. We don't know. So I don't want to accept anything while closing my mind to something else. This feels like a disorder. This internal monologue, invasive thoughts, because it drives people to suicide. It drives people to depression. It drives people to anxiety, right? It drives people. It makes people suffer. It keeps them in a negative state. And if you you interact with people who, in my opinion, I would say are infected by this thing, then you end up being affected, you end up being feeling drained. And after a while, you start to react to it. Another thing that I talked about um, on the video I just put out uh, yesterday, I put it on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram as well. But another thing I talked about is that invasive thoughts tend to sort of be connected 
with like other people, right? So like you might have something that you've been sort of stressing about, right? And then out of the blue, a person will say like a stranger on TikTok, okay? We'll just say some shit to you. Leave some shit on your comments that you're just like, how would you even know that that's something like that has that's been in my mind that I've been like really thinking about? And it's obviously, it's always negative, right? It's never anything fucking uplifting, right? But it's, it's set in a way to get you to like sit and think about it, right? So for example, here's like a very good comment I got one time um, where I posted a video and the person commented, they said something like, only this is what happens. This is what happens when you read too many of other people's ideas. Okay, cool. And then they said something like only scientists, no, only religious people ask what if. Scientists go and they just know what is, right? So their issue was I was talking about um, is the devil God's internal monologue? And their issue was that they didn't believe in gods or the devils, which is fine or whatever. But then they took it a step further and basically said that I had like no independent thought because I was like just echoing the ideas of other people. And then also that I'm, they also suggested by this comment that I was also deeply religious because I was asking what if, and only religious people ask what if most people who consider themselves actually believers of science just like, you know, accept logic and facts as facts. And that was a comment. And like, it was like finally tuned to sort of provoke a response and move me into a state where now I'm going back and forth with this person because it was the dumbest fucking comment that I've ever read in my entire life. But that's why I have it in my head. Right. But then I paused and I was like, this is a, this, this, it's not done well. Like, so maybe their internal monologue, their parasite or whatever, we're going to straight up just call it a parasite now, um, for now, for this part of the conversation, but maybe their parasite was just not fully formed or it was like sick or something, but I could see what it was doing. Right. Like it knew the things to say, to get me to respond but I was like but it's not gonna work because like this is fucking stupid like everything is just it was just the dumbest most contradictory comment that I've ever read but that was what made me think like is this thing a hive mind because like six months ago that comment would have made me respond now how would a stranger who watched one video know what to say to get me to respond because obviously I'd want to jump in and be like that you're are you are you fucking stupid yeah (laughs) so that made me think like what if this thing this parasite that's in our hands right is like also it operates in a hive mind so it they one let's say that let's say humanity and the collective consciousness has in fact been infected by a parasite and we're going to talk about the origins of the parasites in a little bit but let's say humanity the psyche our collective consciousness has been infected by a hive mind of uh, psychic parasites that feed on negativity then you should be really mindful of like when you interact with a person and all of a sudden like they're being negative or they say some shit to you that then you feel like you you give yourself enough space to allow allow yourself to realize like wait a minute this is meant to antagonize me but to whose benefit which is once again why the whole left brain theory doesn't really resonate strong with me because when i sit and have a conversation with somebody and it starts like turning into an argument even if I, my consciousness, wins the argument, who really wins? Because one, I just wasted and depleted my energy arguing with somebody, right? So, okay, I proved that they were wrong, but how does that help me, right? I've just been vibrating on this low 
fucking vibrational state going back and forth, maybe even yelling with this person. Now we're both exhausted. Now we're both drained. Now we're both tired. We're both angry. We're both upset. We're both annoyed. How does that help either of us? Now, if there is in fact a parasitic hive mind that has infected the human race, right? And feeds off of negativity, then it would make sense for the parasite, just like the toxoplasmos, uh, toxoplasmosis gondii parasite that hijacks the nervous system of a rat and makes the rat walk up to the cat so that the cat can consume the rat because the toxoplasmosis gondii needs to complete its reproductive um, cycle in the gut of a cat. So this interaction between the cat and the rat where the rat provokes the cat doesn't benefit the cat or the rat. The only person that's being benefited here, or the only entity that's being um, benefited here is the parasite itself because it's trying to get into the gut of the cat. So when I look at those things occurring in nature, it, to me, it makes sense that the same thing could be occurring with humanity. So that the next time I get into a conversation with somebody and I start seeing it going where they say some shit, where they're trying to essentially provoke a response out of me, I can take a step back and go, they're infected. It's not them. This, whatever alter, altercation or interaction I have with this person is going to fuck up the humans in this interaction while feeding both of our parasites that we're probably infected with. In, theoretically, in theory. So I'm. it's better that I don't engage because at the end of this 30 minutes from now, guess who's going to suffer? The humans here, but the parasites will be fed. And now I'm going to, I'm starting to make it my goal to fucking starve these parasites, but I've gotten ahead of myself. Let's go back. Let's talk about the movie. Nope. One of the things that I liked about the movie. Nope. Is that it presented a different perspective on the whole alien phenomenon, right? So it presented an extraterrestrial, but spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, um, I'm going to try not to spoil it too badly, but just a heads up. I'm, if you didn't know that it was about an alien, uh, sorry about that. It is. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty apparent by by the by the reviews. Um, anyway, but it, I'm not going to spoil it, but it does give you a different perspective on what an alien could be. That said, I think that the movie was dealing with more than like one species of aliens i think that there's like maybe one or two scenes that are missing from the movie to tie everything together because there's at the beginning of the movie and then when they showed the alien two different things were occurring and looking back i'm like okay what's going on because there's something there's a missing bit of the story okay so for example without spoiling it to the best of my ability there was a scene where there was a shoe. Something happens. I'm not going to spoil it, but there was a shoe. And the shoe's just sitting on the ground, complete, completely standing upright. Actually, this is like the beginning of the movie. The shoe's just standing upright. There's a force, obviously, some sort of force acting upon the shoe. And it's just standing on its heel, straight up, like a fucking sky, skyscraper, something like that. It's not supposed to do that, right? But it never falls. So there's chaos all around, but the shoe stays balanced. And to me, I was like, okay, there's some sort of energy happening here that obviously ended up affecting everybody around the shoe. Something's going on. And I was like, okay, this is going to get tied into what we will eventually see as the aliens, right? 
as one scene. There's another scene where there's a character played by, um, I think his name is Yoon. I don't remember what his first name is, but he was in The Walking Dead. And uh, he plays like this guy named Neptune. There was a scene where he's, I think it's Neptune, Nep something. Anyway, there's a scene where he's just sitting on a table and he's sort of thinking about something that happened in the past. But then when he comes to supposedly, or where the scene shifts back to him in the present, he's, he's zoning out and unblinking for longer than natural. And that to me, I was like, okay, what's going on there? Right? So that immediately made me think about our internal monologue, because that's exactly how the internal monologue operates, by the way, right? It sits, you you sit there and it's just flashing shit into your head from like the past, right? All the most horrible fucking things that could happen. It's just flashing it into your heads, right? And you're just like zoning into it, right? And and you're you're completely not even, you're you're just your focus is shifted to this, to this internal monologue, to this visualization, and you're just gone. I thought that something was going to happen there where the alien would be tied into something going on on a psychic level. But then at the towards like the, you know, end of the movie, it's like no, that's not what was going on. Something completely different. I don't want to spoil it, but I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's not how you set this up, bro. Like they it just went to another direction. So I didn't like that. I like the movie overall. But like I said, there were a couple of scenes that I'm like, can you either, can you tie this together? What does, what does the shoe have to do with the ending? What is him zoning out for like, literally it was like 10 minutes, this dude did not blink. What does that have to do with what we actually finally got, you know, what we finally see? Um, what is that about, you know? And there, there's a lot of like random stuff going on. And I think that the only thing I could think to explain this is that um, Peel, Jordan Peel, the way he operates, I think he is a big believer on the idea that um, writers are told is to show, don't tell, that exposition is bad. Like author, your audience shouldn't just be told what's going on and why it's going on. Like your audience should be shown what's going on. The problem though is that exposition isn't completely useless. Like sometimes exposition is good so that your audience, like sometimes you just got to tell them what the fuck is going on so that your audience isn't left just guessing at what you meant. Sometimes you got to tell them what you meant. Not like the whole movie, you know what I mean? But like throw in some exposition somewhere where like we can kind of connect with what you're trying to show us. You know what I mean? And he doesn't do that. Um, I I noticed he did this with uh, us as well. And it's fine, whatever. I'll still watch his movies or whatever. Like it's still like it was a good movie. No, but I wanted, I guess what I wanted, I'm not Peel, maybe I should direct my own movies. But what I wanted was I wanted him to do something more with those two scenes in particular and not have aliens out there, but have aliens that literally are like within us, that are psychically bonded to us. And that's what I talk about on the video I posted yesterday on my YouTube, TikTok and Instagram channel of if there was an invasion of an alien species from another dimension, not even like another planet, another dimension, how would they come through? Now, we are programmed by human writers to expect an alien invasion to come the way we would explore other planets, which is, you know, on spaceships and through the sky or whatever. But that's fucking stupid, right? If it's an alien, that means that they're nothing like us. They're not human beings. So just because we think that the only way to travel through, you know, through space time is to build a a rocket ship, that doesn't mean that another species, another type of intelligence wouldn't have figured out a different way to cross dimensions without using rocket fuel. 
So we're projecting, or our writers anyway, are projecting our expectations and how we would perceive, you know, or sorry, proceed through space and time and maybe even other dimensions on aliens. Now, what I posit was imagine that you find yourself in a world, like you wake up in a world where the, an, an invasion has already happened because why not, right? But they didn't come in spaceships, right? They came through ports, you know, portals, like interdimensional portals that we cannot perceive using our human mind without, you know, with our senses, right? And maybe they're even walking around right now. Maybe they're attached to us, but we can't like physically see them because our limitations of our five senses and our nervous system, right? How would we know? Now imagine that it is this thing that causes an internal um, monologue. Imagine, like every time I talk about this, I always think about that one future on my episode where um, there are these aliens that are like attached to the brains of people, right? but they were green, so you could visibly see them. But imagine that you couldn't. And you're just born into the society and everybody's infected and they've been infected for like thousands of years, right? But because one, you cannot perceive it with your senses. I mean, that would be the ultimate fucking move right like make them invisible right so then you don't even know like it's like um well parasites you don't you can't see a virus but you know when a person's infected right you can't see a fungus right but you know you can see the effects of it if it's like microscopic or what, you know what i mean um but you can see the effects of it and the same thing with bacteria i mean you can look at it with like a microscope or whatever but you can see the effects of it now imagine and even our bodies right now are com- like com- like your whole like your gut biome that's all bacteria right you don't see it but it affects you right but it's also the reason why you can like have a bowel movement that's why you have to take probiotics because on one sense it's beneficial but what if it was you know not beneficial, right? What if we had non-corporal entities that came through and attached themselves to our forms and they're not feeding off of like our food that we eat, even though that is energy, food is energy, right? Um, But they're not feeding off the foods that we eat. They're feeding off of the energy that the human mind can generate. Go watch the video. I posted on YouTube um, and TikTok and Instagram. Go watch it, Okay. Um, but I'll try to sort of readdress what I discussed in a video there, um, here rather. But what if it's physical or I'm sorry, non-physical and like invisible to us and it came through and it needs you, the power of your focused mind. So I utilize, I brought in the double slit experiment. I need you to understand the power contained with the ability to fixate and to focus on something. When you focus on something, right, that's power. Those who have been meditating for a long time realize how strong they become psychically, mentally, when over time they've trained their mind to focus on a mantra or their beat or their breath or whatever. And over time, continuously detaching attention away from their internal monologue, shifting the focus back to what you want. Well, if you have to pull your energy away from the internal monologue, and I guess over time, sort of you get strengthened. That is energy. You're strengthening yourself. You're changing your brain. These are facts. Meditation literally alters your brain. So the act of you sitting there and constantly detaching or disconnecting from an internal monologue is powerful enough to physiologically change your brain affect your brain on a material level you just sitting there for 20 minutes a day shifting your focus away from your internal monologue 
You're not doing this shit physically. It's just with your mind. And you can affect change on your physical brain. That should tell you something is going on there. Right? So the power of your focused mind, like I said, I mentioned the double slit experiment. What the double slit experiment showed was that you, your consciousness has the ability to collapse a fucking wave function. Right? To collapse a wave function, make it, make like a energy change from, you know, a particle or, or a wave or to, to choose a state, particle or wave, particle or wave or wavicle, right? That's where it exists. That's power. So if I were an energetic parasite and I knew that contained within the human body is this God, right? So I've talked about this in past episodes, right? Your consciousness outside of this body, because the function of this body is to limit consciousness. I'm going to say this till I'm fucking blue in the face. The function of your body, you are not your body, but the function of the body is to limit your consciousness outside of form. You are an omniscient being. You might be a fractal of an omniscient being, but a drop of water is still a wa- is still water. It's still the same compounds, H2O. You are an omniscient being, but you are confined to form. So you can generate energy, right? You are constantly generating energy. You're constantly channeling energy, but this thing keeps you in a negative state and it drains you. It drains you. So how can you drain yourself if this, if this is legitimately your left brain? And why do you feel drained after a while? Especially if you persist in like a negative thought patterns. If you persist and you're consistently sitting there and listening, how is that you if you can be drained? That doesn't make any sense. If it's a cycle and you're generating energy, then you should be able to absorb the energy back into yourself if it's you, which is why I lean stronger to it being a parasite, an external parasite. Perhaps it's not visible, but it certainly is a parasite. And the two books that delve into this a bit, one, my absolute favorite, Power of Now, two, what's eco, right? But the others who have had sort of similar ideas where they're basically saying that there's a mind parasite. Can we talk about this though? Can we focus on this a bit, right? Because if you're operating from the understanding that one, you're born into a society that has conditioned you that, that this internal monologue, this inter- invasive thoughts is actually you. What if it's not? But it benefits the, a parasite for you to think that it, it is you so that then you're not doing anything to sort of break away from that. So it can feed in peace. If you think, like, let's say I'm a mosquito and I attach myself to you and you think that you're supposed to have a mosquito on you, then you won't flick it off. So this is what makes me think that it's an intelligence, not just a parasite, but it's an intelligence. It's a parasitic intelligence that knows that it's benefited from you thinking that it's an aspect of who you are. And also that when you engage with individuals who they are, they are infected as well. And I used in the video, I used um, Rick from The Walking Dead where he says we're all infected. We're all infected. But I think you can starve this thing, right? Um, but it benefits this thing for you to think that it's you, that it's your thoughts, that you're the one generating it. But time and time again, we're, we, we know we've seen this and no, you're not generating these thoughts. You can't 
You can't think your thoughts because they require you to think them before you think them. Now, I did get an email from a listener and shout out to said listener. I don't, I never know if it's okay to mention somebody or not. So I'm just going to respect their privacy. Uh, But they said, so as I write this email though, I am using the internal monologue to figure out what I'm going to say. So what is that? Is that then the internal monologue? And I said, no, that's you resting control from this parasite and you exercising a conscious exertion of your will over what should be your left brain. And I think that that's what's going on. I think we can combine the two. This just came to me that this parasite had to have hijacked the left brain, hijacked the left brain. I think that that's what it has done. If if I have to, if I had to guess, I think that, let's see here, the left brain is your, yeah. <gasps> Ooh, that's what they did too in the in the in the oh shit in this in the future Rama episode they had fry it wasn't on the center of the head it was on the the one side of the head if I'm remembering correctly it was actually on stage right but their left side that would make sense and I wonder if that's intentional or not but it would make sense that's what makes sense to me you know. Um, so now imagine that this species has hijacked, let's just say that there was a time when your left brain was actually used, like beneficial, was in balance with you. Like I, you, I mean like the entire human race, right? And the function of it was to help you create things and to imagine things, right? So that when you sit and construct an email, you're applying your conscious will over the left brain. It's a conscious effort. Right? It's a deliberate and conscious effort to go, okay, I'm going to use this left brain to generate, you know, ooh, I think that's what's going on. Okay, so you sit to write an email, you say, okay, I'm going to generate an email. So that is the function of the left brain, right? If you damage your left brain, you would have a hard time coming up with words. I'm using my left brain right now to communicate, right? So I put a bunch of information, I've read a bunch of stories, I've read a bunch of like audiobooks, whatever. So stored in my left brain. So when I sit down with intent, to do a podcast, right? I am utilizing my left brain. So that is this function. So it's not to say that the left brain is evil, right? Or it's bad, which I think is what some books kind of get at. But I think that something has attached to that, to the left brain, and is using the abilities of the left brain, and maybe even sometimes the right brain. And maybe that's why some people don't have vocal hallucinations of their internal monologue and maybe some people that's why it's visual for them because maybe it's attached to the right brain predominantly and that's why it shows up as imagery right but it's something that has has to have been attaching to the left brain and is now using the left brain's ability to generate sort of like words and stories or whatever and it's now spinning the shit that's going to cause you to react in a negative way and generate negative emotions and then that's what it's feeding off of at the very least it would be a dope fucking movie if you're listening to this and you want to do a show about this please reach out to me y1bf podcast at gmail.com thank you um so that could be what I think is going on here. So now what do we do about this? How do we sort of address this? And maybe even if it matters to you, we could talk about, well, when did it happen? I don't know, honestly. Um, and I don't know, like I was going to talk about Julian Jane's um, book. Let me see. I, I, I've referenced it several times and it's bothering me that it hasn't popped up yet. So I'm going to Google it real quick um, on here with you, Julian Jane's 
type Jane's. Okay, cool. The origin of consciousness in the breakdown of the bicameral mind. Mm, origin of consciousness. Yeah, clearly I'm going to take a different stance from him because when you start a sentence, a title of a book, the origin of a consciousness, and you're you're basically saying that because you have this internal voice, that internal voice, that internal monologue is consciousness. I need to reread the book. I think I got halfway through it and I stopped listening to it because I was like, mm, this isn't really... I, I found out about it when I watched season one of Westworld because it's referenced in Westworld a lot. And... um. But it wasn't like vibing with me. It was just very like to me. I felt like mm, I didn't like the conclusions that he was coming to. But I think one one of these days I have like several books that I need to go and read. But I think one of these days I'm gonna go back and re-listen, but maybe with less offenses and an open mind to see if I can steal some of his ideas but make them my own. Um, but yeah, so let's let's sidestep that uh, and let's talk about because the when doesn't really matter. I would say maybe though when humanity, if I had to guess, it's when humanity started sort of creating what we know of as civilization. But it's like a madness of civilization when we started sort of coming together, um, not to like work together and like to work with nature, but we started building lots of structure and lots of laws. Right. So that could be something that we were infected with. Um, and the evidence of it is like when we look around and we see the world now, actually Colin, um, what is his name? Colin Wilson talks about this a bit and how like, um, when you take human beings and you put them in a city and you put them in a concentration, concentrated form, like you put too many human beings together in one space, the the lack of space and sunlight and nature or whatever makes them more violent and more hostile. So I almost want to argue, like, if this is true, right, if the human race and the psyche of the collective consciousness of the human race has been infected by interdimensional parasitic intelligence that I believe operates as a hive mind, I think symptoms or evidence of this is that the way it alters our behavior to put us in situations or in living environments that aren't beneficial to us, but will turn up the negativity um, production of our bodies, cortisol, stress and all that shit so that they can feed off of us. So then that you would find that in the city. I am never comfortable in cities. The high rises are weird to me. The vibes always like off or whatever i just i don't like close people like so i don't like being so close to people um it's just people like run talk about these concrete hard buildings so maybe it's the human race is being driven to build these sort of structures by this these parasitic intelligence the way like the toxoplasmosis gondii infects the rat and then alters its behavior and makes it like walk to it to a cat so that the, the cat can eat the rat or there's another one a cordyceps mushroom or i should say a cordyceps fungi um does this it hijacks the body of an ant on a rainforest it's found and then it makes the ant move to uh an environment that's more conducive for the prolif- proliferation of the fungi and legit guys like i've never felt more like <laughs> like okay this might be what's going on i'm not willing to take a hundred percent stance because i don't want to close my mind to possibility of it but if you look around you look what's going on you look at societies and things like that and just history in general perhaps this would have happened because see we're we're still i keep wanting to put my phone down like i'm not talking into my phone but we're still like 
programmed, right? With every movie that comes out, the look out there, look out there, look out there, or, you know, aliens would come from another land, another planet. But what if that's wrong? And honestly, that kind of mindset needs to stop. Like we need to let go of that. Like it's not to say that we, that can't happen, but the the mindset, the collective mindset needs to be open to the possibility that it's not always going to come from the sky. Sometimes it can come from another dimension Some, and it's not always going to be like in a physical form, right? Always referencing Star Trek, but Star Trek did this a lot. They they were very mindful to include species that would have evolved, for example, beyond the need of physical form, right? So it's certainly not improbable. If we're talking about, like we talked about CERN a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month ago or something like that, and they talked about um, you know, the possibility of generating microscopic black holes, and I took issue with you know the report because I'm just like, microscopic to whom, right? The way dimensions work, it might appear small to us, but if it's a microscopic black hole and it's leading to a very small dimension or unobservable dimension, at least unobservable to us, at what point do you think that maybe something that is a microscopic to us would not allow for the passage of something that only needs a microscopic space, right? It's almost like saying like, okay, I'm about to go handle like Ebola, God forbid, but I like to handle um, Ebola, right? Now I've got a glove, a pair of gloves on, right? And a very small vial of Ebola. Now, the vial that comes up and my glove has a very small hole in it. And I'm just saying, you know what? It's okay. It's just a very small hole, right? But my, or my hand has just a very small cut in it. Oh, it's okay because it's a very small cut. Well, a very small cut or very small hole might be all it needs for the bacteria to come in and infect the body. So I, that's why the mindset to me of like, oh, it's just microscopic is weird to me. And the, the weirder thing to me is when people, I don't even want to call them NPCs. We could just say that they just are, they might just be infected by this thing. And I'm going to end it with a name for this, a possible name for this, um, if I remember. But what we, maybe the people we call NPCs are actually people who have been sort of like in, like they have more than one of these things on them. They're just so negative, right? And we think that they're so negative, but they're not, right? Like, it's like saying like, oh, like you're, it's like saying that somebody's too negative. It's like saying like somebody who has like a cold or whatever, like they're coughing too much. It's like they're sick. Their negativity is a symptom of a disease. I'll say this again. Saying somebody is too negative is like saying somebody is like coughing too much. Like they're coughing up too much phlegm. They're sick. They're proper sick. That phlegm, phlegm is a buildup. It's a, it's a symptom. It's showing that this individual is, it's, is deeply infected. So it's coming out as negativity. And you need to be mindful of this. If you're listening and you have people just all out of the blue, just cut you off stop talking to you they say that you're infected well okay that's a little bit on the nose <laughs> but they say like you're too negative right like sit with that sit with this idea you might be infected i think we're all infected but you might be doubly infected if you're constantly looking for the worst in things if you're constantly like woe it's me if you're constantly like in a state of pity you think that's you right because that's what this thing needs it to do remember let's say that these things are intelligent intelligent we are not the most intelligent species on this planet fungi mushrooms are fucking intelligence intelligent rather okay let's go back let's talk about toxoplasmosis gondii how does it know how to hijack the nervous system of a rat 
and walk it to a cat? How does it know to identify a cat? That's a fucking intelligence, guys. So there's a lot of things we need to unlearn. Arrogance of the human race is one of them because we just walking around and thinking that we're the most intelligent species on this planet is what what blinds us is that that level of ignorance is what blinds us to the possibility that something else is going on like i need you to really sit with that like i need you to really sit with that like a mushroom like every time i take like like a microdose i'm well aware that this is an intelligence that i'm putting in my body and sort of in, in, introducing into my microbiome i'm 100 percent aware of it but to me i found that it's an anecdote to this thing and oh my god i wonder if that's the dream Go figure, right? Somebody asked, do I think it's physical? I said, I'm open to the possibility of it. But to me, I like to play with the idea of it being interdimensional um, because it makes sense if we cannot see. However, if it's something physical, if it's a type of fungi that affects the left brain, and that's what causes this like generation of like negative energy, if that's what it is, I'm okay with that too. But then if, it's, if the solution of that is, you know, okay, like, let's just take some mushrooms or whatever. That's fine. But I don't know if I'm willing to, once again, stay there. Because it could be something as simple as, right, mushrooms just raise your vibration. So that, but that's all they do. So it could still be non-physical. It's just that this, these entities can't really attach to you if you're vibrating too high. If you're in a positive state, Right, so when mushrooms raise your, they used to be two completely different things, right? That's just mushrooms just happen to be an anecdote because sulforaphane does the same thing. I've mentioned sulforaphane several times. Sulforaphane with mustard seed does the exact same thing. It, it it puts you in the same state that's very similar to magic mushrooms. Okay, so it may not be an entity. It may just be something that i'm sorry it may not be something that's physical it could still be like a non-corporeal parasite which is intuitively where i want to lean towards is what makes the most sense to me but things like mushrooms things like you know sulforaphane could raise your vibration to a point where this thing like can't feed because the re like that's its weakness its weakness is its food is negativity so if you're if you're vibrating on a different level, then it can't feed. And over time, the same thing, it also feeds off of your focus. So it's twofold. So if you're meditating, right, and you're constantly shifting your focus away from this from the internal monologue, right? Constantly shifting, constantly shifting, constant over time, in ten years, you're not feeding this thing the focus of attention. You're also sort of bolstering yourself. Um reinforcing yourself strengthening yourself with your own focal intensity instead of this thing sort of like feeding off of you and more and more like i think i think i've said this on a podcast too like i hear the internal monologue from the right side but if if it's sort of crisscross right because bear in mind your left brain controls everything on your right side and your right brain controls everything on your left side so if i'm hearing something on my right side then it makes sense that it's something that's on my left right okay so that might be what's going on here now i wrapping up oh, let's talk about energy vampires let's not make it the individual like let's revisit that so that we can have compassion for other human beings right there's if you go on google you go on amazon you type in like psychic vampires there's like so many books out there telling people on how to like avoid psychic parasites or like damning the whole entire individual 
right? But let's take a different ex- stance and just say like, this is a person who has a good heart, perhaps, but, and maybe a very strong mind and very intensely focused, like sort of, if they focus on the right thing, they could be brilliant. And those are the type of types of people that these things tend to attack the most. Please help me understand if what I said is not right, then why is it that some of the most brilliant minds are the ones who are constantly in a state of depression? I mentioned last week or two weeks ago, the book, A First Rate Madness. Go and read that if you haven't read it yet and think about it. Some of the most brilliant, creative, artistic geniuses of our time are also the ones who were plagued throughout history as well, who are plagued with internal monologues. Van Gogh. Like not even thinking about politics, like Van Gogh just popped into my mind. Like he definitely was infected and created such beautiful moving art. So there's something about that. It's like a mosquito being only drawn to like particular blood types. Maybe there's just specific minds that these parasites are particularly drawn to. If a quote negative person, chronically depressed person, bipolar person, right? If this theory is right and they can learn through over time consistently starve their parasite, Starve the parasites, not even there. So I'm not going to have them claim that. Don't claim that shit. Starve the parasite. Imagine what these individuals can do collectively for the human race. And I think that that's why this parasite attaches to the strongest of us. The ones who have the, the most imagination, the most power of a focused will. Like if you're listening to this right now, you're prone to bipolar disorder you're, or you've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, ADHD, depression, right? If you're neurodivergent and you also suffer and are plagued, you're the one who can elevate our species. And that is why these things have attached more to you. I need you to think about that. Now, what is the solution? Like I've repeatedly said, you have to get yourself in this, in this mindset where you're continuously detaching from it. Meditation is one. People think the moment I mention meditation to people, look, there's a video on my, on my, on my YouTube channel. Please go watch it, how to meditate. The moment I mention meditation to people, what, what a lot of people say is, well, I can't just clear my mind. That's the point. You're not trying to clear your mind. You're trying to control you're trying to rest, let's, let's use what we've been t- talking about in this episode. You're trying to rest control away from the parasite that's trying to hijack your left brain. So when you meditate, you, you give your left brain something to say, which is the, med- which is the mantra. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari. You are trying to take control of your left brain back from this thing. So when you repeat the mantra, that is your consciousness exerting force of focus. You're shifting the focus away from this thing to you controlling it. You do that over time. You begin to weaken. You weaken the hold that this parasite has over you by starving it while also strengthening your will. You need the both of them. Okay, And the more you become sort of in tune with that and detached from this thing, the more you start to become aware of who you really are. Wait, I'm not this voice. This voice is something else. I'm not controlling it. Something else is going on. I am a higher self, what is called the higher self, and I'm contained in form. And part of the form part of the mechanism of my form has been infected 
And so it's brought me lower. See, you are your higher self and your lower self simultaneously. And I would say, I would take it a step back and say your lower self is actually your lowered self. But the more you learn to disconnect from this parasite and to starve it, the higher you become to you become yourself again, which is, in fact, what you call the higher self. And you'll notice this because then all of a sudden you're going to start having synchronistic events. Because a higher self, a high self, is a self who has taken the force of power, of concentrated focus away from this thing that has been draining you for years. And now you can shift that focus to reality and start collapsing wave functions in your reality. You're going to have to listen to this episode a few times. So that then reality starts to reflect to you. That, that's power. Reality starts to reflect to you what you will, what you want to see, not what you have been feeding your focus Not the visualization that you've been feeding your focus energy to, these visualizations that are being generated by this parasite in your mind. And when that starts to happen, when you start reclaiming your power and you start shifting your focus to things that you want to focus on and starving this parasite, you're going to start having more synchronistic events because what you're thinking in your head will start being collapsed externally in a wave function. So then you'll start seeing alignment between the two. And that's what I think is what causes the experience of synchronicity. And you're going to see more of that happening. Take that as confirmation that you are becoming more and more of your higher self. Like you are starting to vibrate higher. Because keep, keep in mind, this parasite keeps you vibrating low. So the more you shift your focus away from it and you starve it, the more you become higher. And your higher self is the true self that particularly, especially outside of form, like as discussed in the the book after, for example, outside of form, you are omniscient. So you start becoming who you really are. Know thyself. You start becoming who you really are. And it stops being a God confined to form. And you start being a God that controls form. And over time, a form that is not or no longer infected. Really, this is a, this is a powerful episode. And I'm not just saying that because I recorded it. A lot of insight has come to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to personally come back and re-listen to this. Okay. Right now we live in a society that we're told it's left brain dominated. And I don't think that's what's going on. Like I said, I'm trying to avoid putting myself in any camp and keep an open mind. But if you look, look around, it's not left brain dominated. I mean, it's because we're hurting ourselves. It doesn't make any sense. It's dysfunctional. You know, you don't see any other animal species behaving in this way. So there's a disorder going on. Unless... You only see things going against nature if it's infected. A cat going up to a rat, that should be a red flag. I've seen so many videos of people posting this shit on TikTok when, the cat, when a rat goes up to a cat 
And people are like, oh, this is so weird. It's like Tom and Jerry. No, no, no. I mean, yes, it is like Tom and Jerry. Great analogy. However, something's fucking wrong here. That's not natural. So if you look around and you see things moving against nature, that's a sign of infection. And look at the entire Western civilization. It's against nature. So this is a sign of infection. But every time you turn on the TV, there's always some asshole in a movie telling us how humanity were basically pieces of shit. No, we're not. Stop allowing, stop allowing whatever this parasite is to infect the collective with this ideology that we're nothing. It benefits us. It benefits these entities for us to think of ourselves as nothing, as nothing but cattle, as nothing but pond scum, as nothing but useless. How does that benefit the human races to view us? You are literally a god. You're literally omniscient, controlling a form and affecting change in the third dimension on a daily basis. Right now, your consciousness has been sort of trapped and maybe hijacked by this parasite, but that was not the design. It's a virus. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an infection. And it behooves the parasite that has taken over humanity to believe for to get us to to believe this bullshit so we continue to be its food continue to sort of grovel continue to be in this negative states please understand to to reference julian jane's bicameral mind the origin of consciousness and the breakdown of the bicameral mind i think his argument is that consciousness i guess broke down the bicameral. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's suck it off track. Here's what he talked about. He said in the past, the human brains, they didn't, you did not have the internal monologue. It was actually something external and it kind of directed huge groups of people, right? To me, that kind of smacks of like an invasion, something external telling humanity who at the time was probably capable of perceiving things that we at our, with our present brains can't do. I'm going to talk about this. Let's talk about this. Hold on to that. Let's just say that this theory is correct, that an interdimensional species came to the human race and at first tried to rule us externally, right? And started directing us to do this, do that, build build monuments in our, in our image, whatever the fuck, right? And human beings being human beings, we were like, fuck this shit, right? And there was a rebellion, and so these entities being intelligent decided hmm, the only way, the best way for us to sort of dominate these species is where they can't see us. Because if you could see your adversary, then you know how to fight them. Say that again. If you could see an adversary, you know how to fight it. It's almost like, let's talk about cancer, for example, where they say that you have to catch it early because once you can catch it early, then you can observe it and then you can treat it. But that's still something you can physically see. If it's something that you can't place your finger on, you can't even, you don't even know that you're infected, then that's what's most dangerous. Like ignorance of something is not, is bliss until it's not, isn't actually quite dangerous. So maybe something shifted. And so humanity went from being controlled by these things externally and that's why the ancients were able to see things like fays and demons and gods, however form they took back then in the past, right? And then these things changed our brains, maybe split our brain. And that split 
or alterca- alteration. Not even, I'm not even going to go as far as say as a split because I don't know really. Um, but let's say the alteration of our brains allow these things to now attach to the left brain directly and then to control us from the inside while we accept these things as us. So that's what the book Origin, um, Origin of Consciousness Breakdown of the, by Cameron Mind, he talks about how the voice went from being external to now internal. But it's still the same fucking voice, guys. Right? So what if what we think of and we call gods didn't actually create us? There were these, let's just say, like every movie, like even my favorite show, uh, one of my favorite shows, rather, it's not my favorite show, but one of my favorite shows is Stargate. Look at that. Think about that show, what it's depicting there. If you haven't seen the series, just find at least just one episode and watch it. I think it might be on YouTube. Last time I checked, it used to be on Amazon. I don't know if they took it down, but watch it. There were these parasites, <laughs> right? Who they hijacked the bodies of people, but they're like worms. The Goa'uld is what they're called, I believe. It's been a while since I watched it. Um, but they took the form of gods and forced us to worship them. But in their true form, they were worms, they were nothing. And I kind of wonder if what we think of as gods, fays, fairies, and that we give our energy to, that feed on us, look up tulpas, T-U-L-P-A-S, if these are nothing more than parasites. Because remember, we're living in an inverted reality. So look at everything we've, that's been sort of revealed to us as we continue to grow and learn. Everything is backwards. Everything is reversed, right? So you have the news that's supposed to tell you the truth and it lies. And then you have fiction that's supposed to really be lies, but they tell the truth. Everything is inverted. So why wouldn't that be the case of what we have been sort of socialized to believe our quote gods? We're at one point in time actually visible, right? The brain, the senses, the nervous system was able to perceive it. And maybe that was the original function of the brain to be able to sort of perceive this. But when these things came inwards, they altered the brain to blind us from seeing them on each other. I'm going to pull in another movie, They Live. The, they Live is an old cult classic from like the 1980s or 90s um, with um, Piper, Ken, Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, he was a wrestler, but the movie is profound. One of my favorite cult classics. And so he looks around and the world appears normal, but then he puts on these glasses and all of a sudden he could see. Now, once again, they are, the aliens take on, like, they're just like kind of walking around looking like us. But once again, it's dehumanizing the human being. And I don't want to dehumanize a human being. I would change it so that you see something on humans. And when he puts on the glasses, if I redid the movie, I would have it where he puts on the glasses. He can see that there's something on humans that is not visible to the eyes and so that's why humans behave in this way then it's not the the race that is the issue it's the, the virus it's the infection we are infected that's different then it's not fuck the human race and we're evil no it's something else because in our form we are pure something else is as is going on here really want you guys to think about this episode. It's one of my, I think, more poignant episodes that I've recorded. And I 
maybe we'll come back to this topic and even to this episode and sort of revisit them, revisit it because there's something here. Like that allows you to have compassion for your fellow man, for your fellow woman, for your for, for each other. If you look around and say, we're sick. There's nothing wrong with humanity. We're not fucking evil. We're not viruses. We aren't viruses. We're infected, right? Do you remember in the Matrix when the what's his name agent smith says oh we're just nothing but viruses when he was actually a fucking virus right that's what that's inversion something that is preying on us wants you to think that you're the one who's sick no you're you're the one who infected us so then if you can look around it allows you to have compassion for people but it also stops you from reacting if you take on this mindset and you look around and you say this this person is trying to pull me into a conversation it's not even them they're infected right? Then you can have compassion. There was a quote from uh, the book, um, The Ultimate Colin Wilson I was reading, where it said, he's referencing um, Maslow, the psychologist Maslow, where he says that something to the effect of like, sick people only want to talk about any, sick people only want to talk about their illness, while healthy people talk about their vital and optimistic experiences. There's something that expect, to that effect, I'm um, paraphrasing here. But I noticed that if you look around, most of our conversations tend to be around, quote, our illnesses, like what's going wrong. I'm not saying that it's you can't talk about what's wrong. But if the majority of the things you can talk about are all the things that are going wrong in your life and... um and you're making no habit, like the part of the conversation has nothing to do with you actually trying to fix it. And there's no optimism in the future about like, okay, but it's going to get better. Like, yes, all this is going on, but I'm willing to do something to make it better. So you're just reveling in the state, then you're sick. That's a sign of infection. So I think that that's what causes people to feel drained. Because when you're now having a conversation, please understand that that's a psychic bond. You become, when you sit and you have a conversation with the person, you bond. That is, uh, you're entangled now on a quantum level with this person. Now you're vibing with them. So then if they're sick and they're, and they're infected and maybe they have more parasites than you have, then over time, you'll notice that now maybe, maybe they're drained. So now their parasites kind of glom onto you. And now you're getting trained and you think you don't, you, you, you feel fine. This is your friend. However, the more you talk to them, the more you start to realize like, oh my God, I'm like fucking tired. Right. It's not them though. They're infected. And if you listen, all they're talking about is what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. It's not them. At that point, remember your left brain is what is responsible for vocalization. So if they're talking, their left brain has been hijacked by their parasite. The parasite can also talk through them. Somebody had commented on um, my YouTube channel or my TikTok channel, uh, the video I posted yesterday about interdimensional parasites on this topic. And they said, you have a way of bringing nightmares to reality or something like that. And I said, it's nightmares that force us to wake up. So this is a very, could be a very creepy episode to listen to, depending on your mindset. Of course, I talk about it so with like nonchalance or whatever, but I'm a weirdo. However, if, it's, if this is what this is, and it's a nightmare situation, but I'm accurate or at least close to right as I possibly can be, then understand that if we're living in a nightmare, the purpose of a nightmare, even when you sleep, the reason why your body generates nightmares is because it wants you to wake the fuck up. Wake up. So if you wake up, you can look around and realize that we're all infected, then you can start doing something about it. One, you can starve these things. Right. 
and then you can stop reacting to things while also simultaneously developing your own free will. Dolores, on the last episode of season, one of the last episodes of uh, season three, I think, of Westworld, she says something effective. People think free will it doesn't exist. It does, but it's very hard. It's kind of what I've been talking about on the podcast. Free will is not your default setting. You have to work on it. And I, I would argue that maybe there was a time when we were free and then something hijacked the collective, hijacked our minds and forced us into these structures that we're in now and forced the universe to be deterministic because it's predictable, right? Think about wild animals versus free-ranged animals, right? Like wild animals can kind of roam everywhere, right? So they can do whatever they want. Even Westworld kind of shows this, right? Then when something external forces order on something and makes the world deterministic, then that's an external force that's forcing things into a form and it's forcing things into a form to its benefit just like forcing people into cities who does this benefit kibono for you to have true free will you have to start by exerting your will little by little and the way you do that is every time you cat you catch yourself zoning out like like yon's character in um nope where he's just zoned out and he's listening you're feeding tell yourself you're feeding this parasite immediately detach and every time you catch yourself in a conversation with somebody and you start to realize oh no like they're 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 feeding their their monster or this is about to pull me into low vibrational state you'll feel it you'll feel it in your chest because it's almost like a burning area like right that feeling you get when you're about to get mad pay attention to that where's that energy going to go because it's not going to go to you something's going to feed off of that you're going to feed the parasite that's how we need to be thinking from now on even if I'm wrong, even if I'm wrong, how does it hurt? How does it hurt to perceive in this way, the world in this way, I should say? You know, we've seen the worst in society, right? Because once again, our collective has been hijacked with this, by this thing that forces us into the negative. Because if Earth is truly an energy farm, then it benefits them to keep us in a negative state but that's not how we are supposed to exist we're gods so if we, if we can be forced into a negative state we can be forced we can force ourselves into a different state why not try it why not try it just for a day not even a day for an hour start with an hour like sit and meditate do the mantra but after you meditate for an hour Every time you catch yourself zoning out, if you're being thrown into the past or in the future, every time you catch yourself zoning out, disconnect, shift it back to whatever it is you're doing. It's what I do now is I catch myself just touching things, taking deep breaths, feelings. I force myself into the present moment. What am I touching right now? What am I smelling right now? What am I tasting right now? Use your own energy that you generated and generate and use it to feed yourself. Use it to nourish yourself, not something else. Talk to you guys soon. Oh, real quick. Thank you for listening all the way through. If you're a fan of your One Black Friend podcast and you really enjoy the ideas that are shared and exchanged, please do me a favor and leave a review 
on either Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps me tremendously. It helps the podcast tremendously, and it helps us get these ideas out. So thank you so much for always listening. And um, yeah, have a great week.